Welcome everyone to the MMOs.com podcast, episode 185 here. Altai, joined this week by... Remo. And welcome to the world of the awake. How was your week, Altai? What did you play this week? Anything spicy? Uh, no, just a lot of Dota auto chess. Uh, I think I think Valve really needs to get the studio that made that, buy them out, give them jobs, and make a standalone game on Steam. That's, you know, auto chess or something. Just call Have you it. noticed it's impossible to play auto chess lately? Where yes. Where you have to literally it, go up yes. a billion times to get a game? It takes forever to load. There's always one guy who never loads. And once it loads, half the time, the game just doesn't work. You got everyone's got to yep. leave. It's really yep. weird. I tried playing last night. And actually, I, I tried playing 15, 20 minutes of just constantly accept on the queue. And it just didn't load. So I gave up. So, yeah. It, it's having a lot of issues right, right now. But what rank are you in auto chess? I'll tell you. got to ask. I'm a knight. I just bounce around between the knight levels. All right, I, I I was pawn last week. I'm up to night two now. I think my highest is like night five or six. I'm clearly not very good at the game, but I still love it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, it is a lot of fun. There are custom lobbies now, mm-hmm. uh, where, and I think I think they're broken down by rank. So mm-hmm. if you really want to play and you don't want to go through the RNG of the pub matches, mm-hmm. you got to use the custom lobbies. That's that's a trick. Got to use the custom lobbies, boys. I'm sure they'll fix it soon. But yeah, last few days have been very tough to play Dota Auto Chess. I've I've been on an unbelievable binge of Warcraft three, unbelievable binge. I, if if you if you told me, let's let's time travel back seventeen years ago. The year is two thousand two. Okay, Reign of Chaos just came out, and we're playing Altai. All right, we're playing the single player campaign. We're playing on Battle.net, and you told me, hey Remo, seventeen years from now, you're gonna be playing this fucking game on Battle.net for ten hours a day. I'd be like, get the hell out of here. There's no way I'm playing. You know, Warcraft 3, 17 years from now. And here I am, 2019. I've been playing at least 30 hours of Warcraft 3 this last week. I've had multiple 10-plus hour sessions of playing Warcraft 3. And I'm playing, I'm not playing the RTS mode. I'm playing on Battle.net. I'm playing, I'm playing Vampirism. I'm playing uh, uh, Legion TD. I'm playing all these Angel Arena, these bullshit custom maps, all these tower defenses. I'm playing Enfos. I'm playing, you know, Winter Mall Wars. All these old custom maps on Warcraft Three, and I'm I've been playing ten hours like on multiple sessions nonstop. I'm looking at the clock. It's ten p.m., two a.m., five a.m., eight a.m. I'm still awake playing Warcraft Three. I've been getting up all night at six p.m. lately. I actually set my alarm clock for this podcast because my schedule is that messed up. Six p.m. I've been getting up at six to seven p.m. for the last like two three days. So my schedule is completely wonk. I am on this nostalgia binge. But, like, what's remarkable is that after all these years, I still love the Warcraft 3 custom game experience. It's insane. Like, I'm playing... I'm not playing any one map either. Again, I've, I've been alternating between a ton of these maps. And it's it's remarkable that some... What's crazy is some of these old custom maps still get updated on Warcraft 3. Some of the patch notes on the loading screen says, like, 2019. But, yeah, I, I have been on this insane grind of playing uh, Warcraft 3 lately because... I'm still waiting. There's been a bit of a content drought in Final Fantasy 14, so I've not been on there too much. So between Auto Chess and Warcraft 3, most of Warcraft 3, that's been my this last week for me. This last week has been like a bit of a blur for me. With what the, I'm waking up at 7 p.m., playing Warcraft 3, going to bed. That's been that that's been my week. It's been very very wonky. You uh, tried to rope me in, but I Derby says you need to grab an old CRT monitor. To call, hell yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, you tried to rope me in, but I, I'd rather just wait for uh, Reforge. It's coming out this year, right? We're already mm-hmm. what three months in, so it's got to be, it's got to be coming out within the next three or four months, right? 
Mm-hmm. That's my guess. I, I'd rather not burn myself out. Like the pace you're playing at, Omar, you, you're either gonna have a huge jump on people, so that when Reforged comes out, you're gonna you're gonna be wrecking all these noobs of vampirism. Well, okay, I, 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 yeah, I've been wrecking them of vampirism. I'm not, I've not been playing the latter regular game. I'm playing all the bullshit custom maps. But, I mean, still, you're gonna be wrecking people at those games when when Reforged yeah. comes out, right? Maybe. But or you're gonna be burned out. I don't want to burn out until uh until Reforged comes out. I did try roping Altai into it for a few times, but I keep saying no. Altai, there's, there's some quality maps I want to show you on there, so. And I want to play them, but I want to play them with the new engine. I, I don't. The, the graphics literally hurt my eyes in Warcraft Three now. Hold on, that really? I actually thought the graphics. Like, yes, they're, 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 clearly, they're clearly bad. They're really bad. Like, okay, they are pretty bad. The same binge but, you did for this, I tried to do when Starcraft One got remastered, and I, I played it. But unfortunately, there's only a few. Um, there's only a few games. On StarCraft Remastered, custom games that are still popular, and uh, Diplomacy is one of them, which I play. But the mm-hmm. so, but all those old madnesses that we remember as kids, yeah, you, you just can't play them on nobody. Nobody's playing them anymore on, on StarCraft, mm-hmm. so they're gone. So I want to show you. I actually play with a couple friends on Discord as well. So like, there's four or five of us playing in house. A lot of these custom matches, a lot of, fun. and obviously they don't have Warcraft Three, or they never paid for it, right? But you, anyone who's curious, if you want to play Warcraft Three, it's basically free to play right now. You go on eBay, you search for Warcraft Three, you'll find countless listings like this one where you can just find the cd key and this strategy still works i'm using a cd key that i pulled from one of these websites i just went on ebay i searched Warcraft 3 i found both these cd keys and as you can see the cd key is clearly shown in the image and you just you just write it down and you just use it in game so if you want a free cd key for Warcraft 3 just search on ebay you'll find tons of these i i don't know why but there's so many of these on on ebay and they, they, they always work yeah yeah this is an old trick back in the cd key days um, a lot of dummies who sell on eBay just never cover up the CD key, so mm-hmm. you can just get it for free. I, I, I actually hooked up like four friends with Warcraft 3 CD keys simply by searching on eBay for them and just giving them the pictures. And so you can save yourself the 20 bucks, whatever it is, on, on, on Battle.net. But I will end up buying Reforged just because uh, I, I do want to support them. One, and Reforged does look really nice, so. Yeah, I, again, these graphics just are. I did not age well, in my opinion. I think 2D graphics age a lot better than 3D. And mm-hmm. I just rather you know spare my eyes the pain, and wait for Reforged. You know, even um like there's been other games on Warcraft three that really spawned off like decent successes. I know Legion TD was a very popular map on Warcraft three, and since then they've actually launched Legion TD on Steam. There's a standalone Legion TD now on Steam. Did you know Altai? I did not. Pretty crazy. I mean, it doesn't look great. It's clearly some indie game, but like it, it's based on the Warcraft three tower defense, which is pretty crazy. All right. Well, that that's been my week. Not South Warcraft three. Well, I mean, you're probably better off because uh, recent games I just don't think are quite made the same as the classics. The classics. Uh, Anthem, a game we talked about, had a pretty very rough reception, mm-hmm. but Omar, it's actually worse than I could even imagine. I thought it'd be a shitty game, right? I expected that. Mm. But not only is it a shitty game, but it's just shitty in ways that you can't even imagine. So wow. And this is a problem with. Okay, I, I'm calling it right now. Level scaling and like gear scaling is garbage. Okay, just just bad idea. Scratch it. Can't be done. Shouldn't be done. So here we have Bioware, backed by EA, big budget. You know, this is a huge game, six years, and but because they were trying to make this level scaling system so you could play with your friends, they bugged it out. They bugged it out in such a way that the best gun in the game, right, was the mm-hmm. level one starter rifle. That was the best gun in the game, despite the stat. The stats lied. So if you go by the numbers, it wasn't the best. But if you actually just you know, count your shots and how many times they hit the enemy and how quickly mm-hmm. they die. It was the best game in the. It was the best gun in the game by far. How amazing Oof. is that? Yeah, you looked at the thread earlier. And I, I thought that was pretty unbelievable, right? 
So this guy put a really lengthy post of running these tests on, on Anthem where he would count how many shots it would take to kill like tougher, like some random enemies. And even though like the higher level weapons showed higher damage numbers, but those damage numbers didn't really mean anything because the lower level gun, the starting weapon in the game, killed the same high level enemies in like three shots versus like five for the best gun in the game. Like level 40 upgraded, you know, best gun in the game actually took more shots to kill an enemy, which is really bizarre because it's the, the numbers don't clearly correlate with the damage being dealt. Which makes no sense. So I think the way they implemented the level scaling, just something was clearly broken there. Yeah, it, it is really weird that, that that would even happen in this big budget game. Yeah, exactly. And that's the issue. This isn't like an indie game, and this wasn't like a, a day one you know bug. This was this was there weeks after the mm-hmm. game launched. And and if these if these players didn't go out of their way to document this, it probably still would be in there, right? I don't think um, yeah. the company would ever catch it. I know Kiyoshi linked a pretty great video we showed on, on a previous podcast about the aiming in that game as well, where, like, the hitboxes were just really weird. And you could aim a shotgun, like, way, like, five inches to the left and still hit your target, like, directly in front, which is really weird. I mean, there's some really wonky stuff with with Anthem. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know. It's just it's kind of there. Like, kind of like Fallout 76. People also shed <laughs> on that game. Uh, I never had any desire to try it, and I, I'm kind of glad because mm-hmm. it turned out to be garbage. But, uh... Anthem is just another one of those games that's kind of out there. And I think in like a month, everyone's going to forget about it. Like it's not going to be uh, played much. Eh, it's not fair. We give, give it some time. Maybe in a month it will be dead, but it's who knows. Dead game. Calling it. Uh, the problem is, Altai, we're stuck in the past. All right. Before this podcast even started, all right, Altai links me. Oh, shit. Did you see this? And he links me like, oh, is there something new coming over here? You know what he links me? He links me uh, uh, a private server for Dark Age of Camelot, another 18-year-old game. <laughs> All right, that's the games Alta and I are excited for. All right, we love playing our 18, 17 year old games. All right, so I'm actually excited too. Actually, there's, there's the, the I think it's called Phoenix or something. It's a private server for Dark Age of Camelot with like 3,000 plus concurrent players online at once. So I'll probably check it out because I played a lot of Dark Age of Camelot back in the day. So we get excited for old games. All right, but th- there's clearly an audience for some of these newer titles. All right, I don't think so. I think I, I okay. So well, I guess we'll find out in the months ahead. I think people are buying these games because they see them at GameStop or whatever. But they're gonna they're gonna move on to the next game, you know, next month. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think they have legs the same way. So like Warcraft three, we're just talking about that. So yeah. you think fifteen years from now anybody's gonna be playing Anthem? No, no way. That, no, no way. Definitely not. Zero a game chance. like Warcraft three, a game like Starcraft one, even have already survived this this huge test of time. Like it's gone through so much leaps and bounds and graphical changes over the years. People are still playing Starcraft one on BattleNet. Okay, the game is a, a game like that. Like it's like asking. What's going to be around more? What will be around in a thousand years? The Great Pyramids of Egypt or like the Empire State Building? Yeah, guess what? The Great Pyramids. I've been on the Great Pyramids of Egypt every time. All right. <laughs> all right those, basically, basically, what I'm trying to say is Warcraft 3 is like the Great Pyramids of Egypt. Okay? It's, it's, it's a timeless masterpiece. All right? it it's is, a beauty. It has survived. It is the apex of our civilization, civilization's uh, you know, culture. Okay. I, I just find this so unbelievable that other games and this idea of player-made maps and player-created content has not like taken off even more. We've seen just how powerful it is with, with Dota Auto Chess, with Warcraft 3's Dota, with all these custom maps, with Roblox. Like it is so clear I see it as clear as day that the next big thing, the next big game is gonna be whatever can incorporate these player created maps, content, whether it's an MMORPG, whether it's anything. It is so obvious to me that this is the future. We've had so many billion dollar genres emerge from Warcraft 3 and StarCraft, where there's tower defenses, Dota, we've even, you know, even Battle Royale came out of a mod for Arma. Like, you have to have a game that's, that that uses these concepts well. And arguably, Dota made it very difficult because 
I've actually I, I've played with the Warcraft three map maker before and the Starcraft map maker, map maker and I mean I, I made some rudimentary maps so it wasn't you know nothing crazy but I tried to load up the the Dota two the Dota two uh, map maker and custom game ma- maker like I think about a month and a half ago and it was it was a hot mess I'll tell you I couldn't even put a single unit down like I, I had no idea what was going on it felt like it, it felt more complicated than like Unity or Unreal Engine for like trying to play with things I, I just could not figure anything out. So whoever can streamline that process of making, like obviously you, get the, you can have levels of depth as well. I mean, you can make the crazy tools for people that are like developers and stuff. But like for the average person, I think they can load up the Warcraft map maker or the Starcraft map maker and and make something and have fun with it. And the guy who has some fun with the Warcraft three map maker is going to be the one that makes up like his first map might be rudimentary, but then after that he'll he'll, he'll look for more more and more advanced tools and get to the part where you can play with the crazy Dota two map maker and stuff. But they got to have a, a way in. I think games like Minecraft and um. Minecraft. Roblox do a really good yeah. job with that. I mean, Minecraft has a ton of player-made content too. I mean, that's one of the reasons Minecraft is doing so well is all those player-made servers and content. Like, that's the lifeblood of the game. I would say. Like, I mean, I don't know how many people are playing standard Minecraft versus like all the modded stuff, but some of the modded servers from Minecraft have like fifty plus thousand players online on a single server, like one server. So, it's amazing that other companies are capitalizing on this either. Like, just it's insane. I think, I think uh, Roblox, especially. I, I I don't even know if there is a Roblox game outside of the mini custom like lobbies that players make like is there is there even no, like a vanilla no, roblox a, game yeah i don't think there is but but that's why roblox roblox is doing really well yeah, you yeah. don't talk about roblox a lot but like they raised they were like over some crazy over 500 million dollars something crazy and they're they're literally just a custom map maker is all that is they made a map maker and put it on like instead of like logging on to the game or uh, it's on the, it's on the browser it's a map maker on the browser with a server lobby on the browser that's all it is and people have made counter-strike clones battle royale clones prison break clones like there's so many game concepts on there and some new concepts emerge obviously like, i would say 99 percent of like custom maps suck ass for whether it's roblox whether it's minecraft for servers or even warcraft 3 but like the one percent that comes out that's really good can be amazing like what comes out of dota and stuff on there it just it's insane that we other big companies aren't playing with this concept more okay or did you know you can play fortnite in roblox so i'm showing the vi- i'm showing a video of it right now but it it is surprisingly a thing <laughs> you play what you can play fortnite inside roblox oh yeah yeah, yeah there's tons of stuff like that yeah and, and it looks decent yeah, there's, yeah. There's, 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 there's literally a csgo clone cs as counter strike clone in roblox as well i i don't think i've seen this that one let me see there's also mafia and stuff on there as well but if you look at counter strike just search <laughs> i played a battlefield game as well it was a battlefield on roblox and it was so in-depth like it's surprisingly good Again, there's obviously a lot of really shitty Roblox games, but there's a lot of really good ones. Where you're playing Counter Strike, you're playing DDoS. There's a buy menu, and it, it actually plays really well because you're, you're first person anyway. So the wonky graphics don't always get in the way. But it's amazing what you can do with with these custom with games like Roblox. I think Roblox is a phenomenal game because it's built on this premise that like all the content is made by players. Uh, I don't real I don't know if we're gonna see this in like an MMORPG though. We we did see it to a degree in uh in Star Trek Online. Yes, it's and going the other way though. They got shut yes, down. Yes, because because I, 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 but they, they stopped updating that years ago, right? They updated mm-hmm. from like the first like, few months release. They stopped updating the the Foundry system, and I think it's because whoever made it clearly just left because then it's it's been it's been a hot mess for a while. So the problem there, I think, they they just didn't nurture it enough because some of my, some of my best experiences in Neverwinter, and I I played to max level too, so I, I didn't just play for ten minutes and quit. Some of my best experiences in Neverwinter was the foundry system and, and those player-made missions it was awesome 
I never tried it in Star Trek online, which I kind of... I didn't either. Yeah, I feel like that I, I would have enjoyed that more because I like Star Trek, and I'm mm-hmm. curious to see what people made. I mean, Star Trek has a lot of hardcore fans. Just yeah. imagine all the player-written stories and stuff on there. It would be amazing. And Star Trek actually... Both Star Trek and Dungeons & Dragons really lend themselves to like, player imagination and player-created content. So having a foundation that made sense for both games, it is really unfortunate that you know it's going to be shut down, that, uh, that system. Well, I, I got a little story here of a game that should mm-hmm. shut down but just stubbornly refuses to. So okay. H1Z1, that that other battle royale, you know? Yeah, yeah. The one we don't talk about. They changed their name again. No. So now it's now it's uh, Z1 Battle Royale. They dropped you, the H1. No, you, you're memeing me. No, I'm not, no, no, no. I'll, I'll go to the homepage. <laughs> I'm on H1Z1.com. It's still H1Z1 Battle Royale. No, go to the Steam page. Look right here. Okay, Z1 page, Battle right. Royale. I can't believe that they did it again. They did it again. Just when you thought they wouldn't. It's like the, what's wrong with them? Not just that. They actually went back to a two-year-old patch as the official live version now. What? Why? Because uh, nobody liked the current version? Yeah, nobody liked the current version. Actually, that's pretty... What's crazy is actually that changed, right, Altai? They were averaging... Like, I'm looking at this, the Steam charts. If you look at Steam charts, Altai, they were averaging between 1,000 and, and 50, between 500 and 1,500 players, right, a day. Mm-hmm. That was your peak, 1,500 a day, right? And now, if you look at the Steam charts, after that March 6th update, they, they hit 11,000, 12,000. And their lowest concurrent player base is now over 4,500. The lowest of the day is like 4,500. Their player base went up like fivefold since implementing literally a two-year-old patch. Is that really all they did? Well, yeah, they did. A two, they changed the name, two-year-old patch, with, but, but they fixed the bugs that were in that two-year patch. Okay. So it's not like a pure revert. It's like a revert with the bug fixes. Um, but yeah, actually, I saw some friends of mine playing on Steam. And I was like, why are these people playing this? So I looked into it. Yeah, and it, okay, so they changed the name, changed, you know, went back. I don't think it's going to last. I think people are going to go back and play for a week, and then it's just going to go back to, you know, decline. I think it's amazing. I mean, you got to hand it to the developers, too, for at least realizing that, like, their two-year-old patch is actually better and more fun than their current patch. I mean, it's very hard for a developer or any company to, to admit that, like, okay, the past two years of work we did at our company it was literally negative value. We actually destroyed value and made our game worse for two years straight. And then we we have – they had the – what is the the, the – the, Ability to like look, be innerly critical, and realize what their mistakes, and just literally implement the patch from two years ago. That good for them, you know. Very few people admit that two years were, were a mistake. So they did that, and 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 the player base did return to a degree. I mean, this doesn't mean that they're going to stay, but if they develop from here onwards with the same, I guess, design philosophy from where they are today, maybe maybe they can fix it. Maybe, but I, I am not optimistic. I think they, they bought themselves maybe a month or two. And then I yeah, think the, it's just going to... Uh, well, the problem is, is how popular Apex Legends is right yes, now. Yes. I mean, Fortnite and Apex are just huge. And Apex has been unbelievably dominating with 50 million total players now. That's the thing. They're not competing with the market of two years ago, right? So yes, mm-hmm. two years ago, this current version of the patch might have been a really good game. I haven't played it, but... Mm-hmm. But the problem is, it's not two years ago. It's, it's now. And now you got Apex. You got other... But, you know, but who knows what's going to come next? You know, might get another surprise drop from one of these companies. I mean, we, we we have you know the Planet Side Battle Royale game coming out. We have right. the there's, there's there's multiple like Battle Royale like, big Battle Royale games like in the pipeline. There's like that thousand the thousand plus player one. There's a whole bunch of them. So yeah, it's gonna be tough. I know I know the Calling did kind of the same thing. They did like the day one edition where they like the Calling reverted their game to, like literally the released version of the game with all the bugs that came with the released version. So they, 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 <laughs> They, they, they embraced all that. <laughs> they kept the bugs too. They, they kept, kept the bugs, right? 
So and they're going to develop from there. I mean, obviously the calling is really old now. I think it was one of the first like standalone battle royale games. So that game still pretty dead right now. But it did have a bit of a boost when that. I mean, I, I actually came back and played a bit during the during that day one update. All right, all right. Battle nice. five, Battlefield Five, Battle. There's so many battle royale games. It's insane. Yeah. Well, well, we, we, we talk about another concept in the in the pregame, which I want to bring up again, which I thought was pretty pretty interesting. Somebody yeah. mentioned in the chat, um, Grand Fantasia, and then that made that reminded me of Eden Eternal, an older uh, I guess an older anime inspired RPG, and that game had one feature which I really liked. It was um the game's multi-classing system. Anyone that played it will know what I'm talking about. But uh, playing through that reminds me of how many newer MRPGs just don't have any kind of ambition when it comes to classes. I mean, in Eden Eternal, in order to unlock more advanced classes, you had to, like, level up, like, there was, like, four base classes, if I remember correctly. There was, like, a warrior, a mage, and like, if you level up a warrior and mage, you can, like, become, like, a cleric. And then, if you level, like, thief and warrior, you can become, like, a ninja. And then, once you level up ninja and, like, cleric or some other class, you can unlock a third job. And there was so many classes in the game that would combine from other classes. And you could play all of them on a single character. And I thought that was like one of the best like early game experiences I've had in an MRPG. I mean, the game was still grindy. It was a, it was you know traditional Asian MRPG, but the grind felt fun because you you had all these little milestones to look forward to. And th- for this to come out of a Chinese MRPG, Chinese, I mean, Taiwanese, Taiwanese. Well. okay, it was Taiwanese. It was, it was X Legend. It was actually pretty remarkable because like we don't really think of these Asian MRPGs as innovative, right? But that was one of the most interesting class systems I've seen. In any MMORPG, let alone like a Korean or Asian MMORPG, so like it's what's why did this? How was this company able to like innovate or at least try this? And we haven't seen that since. I mean, the game had other problems too, but like I had so much. It made the early game a lot more fun for me. I mean, I think a big perennial, long-lasting problem with MMORPGs over the years has always been, bro, this game like bro, trust me, it gets good after twenty hours in or fifty hours in. Like a lot of these MMORPGs get fun later on, but Eden Eternal was fun early on, and all these short. Um, and, and all these like little milestones early on that you can look forward to, like just unlocking a new class. Even if you didn't want to play like mage, you still played mage. So like you played a short while to unlock a different class. And there was so many different combinations. It was just, it was just so much fun. I, I would love to see other games do this. It just it's just kind of bizarre to me that like so many games stopped even trying to like change the formula. You know what? Looking back at this mm-hmm. video, this game looks a lot like Rose 2.0 to me. The guys are probably scared. yeah. And you know what's amazing? How much more fun these games are when there's other players playing, even if you're not interacting with them. Like, I'm imagining in my mind all these other players gone, and this guy just, you know, probably you grinding by yourself. It, mm-hmm. The video wouldn't look as good. But the fact that there's other people running around, mm-hmm. fighting other mushrooms in existence, really, you know, makes it seem like a. Oh, well, yeah, this video this, it looks popping. You know, the beginning yeah, area yeah. is very busy in these games. Yeah, I like that. I miss it, that. It, it's a very nice, like, I've always mentioned that in my videos. So like, when I see, like, when I'm playing a game and the early experience, like, like the beginner area is full of life. It's very heartwarming, you know. If you feel like you're part of this world now with all these other people, I mean, it's a bit silly maybe to think about, but like just seeing those. I mean, even like it hurts my experience of like farming mushrooms, like these assholes are taking my mushrooms. I still enjoyed it because it just felt alive. It felt like all the progress I make in this world is is more meaningful because all these other players are also playing. But you know what's crazy? A lot of mm-hmm. new games, even on launch day, what they do is they make the beginning like the first couple hours. Uh, almost like a solo instance. So even though the game is popular, mm-hmm. you don't see anybody for the first like five hours, which is so disheartening because they take away that sense of, you know, like you're doing this with other people. You're all like in it yeah. together. Like it's so weird to see that even, you know, popular new games will just intentionally make their game uh, 
almost like a solo experience for so long. I, I just realized Eternal is still running. Holy yeah, moly. Yeah, okay, running. yeah. I, I forgot. About, I, I kind of want to try this again for the memes. I'm going to bookmark this. This game had so many classes, though. It was pretty dope. I kind of wish I could find a skill tree, a class tree, like image I want to show you, but I can't find it right now. You can see you can see in the video too in the background some of the classes and the in the menus, but like yeah, I see yeah it. it's pretty crazy. I mean, I, I wish other games did this. I mean, it, it's so it's it's weird. But like no other game really pushed the boundary with classes. You know, we've had very few games even try multi-classing. Even Runes, Runes of Magic did. I thought they it wasn't a perfect implement, implementation, but you, you get like three classes in Runes of Magic now, and I thought that was awesome. It gave you another. It gave you a reason to like play all these characters on one. It, it was awesome. Elder Scrolls does something interesting where you you assign skill points to um, like two handed sword, one handed sword, you know, um, uh, like magic, healing magic. Uh, so you can kind of create a custom build that way. But again, it's a skill based system, not really a class thing. Yeah. And actually, while on the topic of these these classic games, Alta, you heard about uh, WoW Classic, right? They announced their uh, release content schedule or the, the, the you know what they're going to release in what order. Uh, did I actually have a release date? That's what I care no, about. Well, no, there's no, no release. They have summer of 2019, so I mean it's not that far off, right? Mm-hmm. The latest will be another like few months, right? Three months or so. So it's coming soon. You know? Wild Classic is, is is coming soon, and they're talking about you know what patch they're going to launch with, how they're going to pace things. So, like they're clearly getting very close to release, and it'll be launching with Molten Core, Nixia, and Mar- Mar- Marauden. And what, what's cool here is too, they actually said at first they're going to launch uh, Dire Maul with Phase One launch, but then. The way things rolled out of Classic was Dire Maul came later, actually. And they're going to wait till later to release in Phase 2 because Dire Maul dropped loot that made, you know, Phase 1 easier. You know, multi- progging through Molten Core, Onyxia, and whatnot is easier with Dire Maul loot than without it. So mm. they actually put that little... They're trying to be more, you know, true to the original game. Interesting. Mm-hmm. If if I can kill Onyxia before the Phase 2 comes out, I'll be very happy. Uh, it, yeah, it, it, I mean, obviously, the, the longer it goes, the easier it's going to get, but uh, yeah. I'm hyped for it. Oh, man. That, I don't know if you remember, but vanilla le- leveling was quite the grind. Like it, it was the grind, I know. Yeah. That's the thing, too. Like, oof. But but here's the thing, too. I feel like we're, like, in the worst of, of all worlds, right? We're in the worst timeline right now because we've played so many of these Korean and Chinese games where leveling is like that. And it makes leveling lose any kind of meaning because let's real talk. Like when you level like that in so many MMORPGs now, it, it doesn't actually feel rewarding at all. But when you when you go back and play another MMORPG with slower leveling, it makes you like a little bit more like hesitant to play it because you're used to the the fast levelings before. But you were never happy with the fast leveling. You were happy with the slow leveling until you played the fast leveling, and then you hated the fast leveling. But then you hate the slow leveling too now. So. The timeline we're in has us basically hating everything, which is not good. I, I think, I think it's gonna be. It's, I think it's even worse than that because what you have is, I think it was stretching with extremes. Like I remember, some of the f- the fun of playing these games was the fact that you kind of had to learn as you go, right? Nobody mm-hmm. was a pro, or if there were, you, you, you they weren't talking to you. But I really think mm-hmm. because of things like Discord, uh, you know, voice, basically everyone has voice and video chat now, right? Yeah. When when WoW came out, it was kind of rare still to do this kind of. You had to go yeah. on vent. You had to use these weird, you know, people didn't have mics. Like, I, I know we barely had a mic. We just got one, like, for that time. We, we, we use AI, you know, AIM Messenger and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I really think, I think within the first month, everything will be downed. Like, everything will, like, in like, two weeks, um, what's it called? Uh, Ragnaros will be downed. 
Because yeah. people are going to join these dedicated Discord channels where, like, you know, they're just sitting there 24-7 talking, you know, doing it together. Help each- hey, I- I'm on this quest. Where do I go? Okay, you go here. Boom. Done. I remember if I ran into a quest I couldn't figure out in WoW, it took me a while. To- it- maybe that day that-, that day was spent figuring that out. Now it's going to be, you know, boom, 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 search. on uh, Second monitor. Boom, done. I got it, Altai. I got it. What do you- we-, we had to create the classic server experience, right? So you go to this big facility, and it's full of, like, 2004 CRTs and computers. Yes. And, and the software installed on those PCs are like AIM and whatever you had back then, right? And they're segregated, so you can't like physically communicate with people. So you're, all, you're in these cubicles with all these really old software and hardware, and you can't, your internet is, is pulled from like what it was in 2004. Mm-hmm. So you have to like, use Internet Explorer 4.0. You have to use like all the, the, the internet is, isn't updated with all, like, all the information. No borderless window, you know? Yeah. No Do you light. think that it would still be down? You'd use a ball mouse, hell yeah. And, yes. and like, at the worst time, the, you have you have too much lint in your ball mouse, and it, your, your scroll doesn't work, and you just you wipe. You know, you couldn't cast in time or something. That would be a lot you, harder. Yes, if you were still clear in the first first no, first no, month. No, no, they would have then. But I think today's tools, just having a second monitor, is a godsend. Like we didn't have yeah. that. Like anytime I'm, I can literally grind while looking up the next uh, you know zone that I'm gonna you know order my I'm gonna clear mm-hmm. things in. We couldn't do that back then. If you wanted to look up a guide, you basically had to close WoW. You know, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> And yeah, it, it's very important too, like the efficiency of leveling. Too. Like some, like the way we we leveled in Villa Wow, you and me, Altai. Like we would just go like whatever zone we walked into, we just do whatever quest we walked into, you know. And obviously, some some quest hubs were way more efficient than other quest hubs, you know. Like there, there is a path that's optimal, and we definitely did not take the optimal path because we never looked anything up, and there was nothing to look up back then either. We just kind of we winged it, and I think everyone else winged it as well. And we just, I remember you, you know, we just grind as well. Like I remember you would just grind the shit out of these elementals in Teneris. With your wand mastery over and over again, we. I, I can't. I can't count how many of those elementals you killed in Teneris. Forgot what level that, what level range that was. But like, you were there forever. Yeah, I, I think I was the only priest that uh, got wand mastery. Just so I could. I didn't want to do any more quests. I just like grinding, so I just grinded for like a week. I do think I feel like a lot of people just don't know how good they have it. When with with optical mice, like you when you had ball mice, it was actually like we, there was such a big frustration point because. The ball would always build up lint over time, and then it would just completely screw up your mouse sometimes. If you're playing Counter Strike and the ball, and your ball mouse had lint in it, it was the worst, most rage-inducing feeling in the world. It's I, I imagine it inspired many of those videos, rage videos. People throw their monitors on the ground. Like it, it was the worst experience when you, you die in Counter Strike or some competitive game because of some bullshit with your mouse. And this happened all the time. You could clean it, but then it would still build up again. And it, so it'd be like, okay, it's not that bad, so I'm gonna keep it going because you were too lazy to clean it. Like. People today will will never know the woes we suffered with 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 regular ball mice. I think, right? I wonder if kids today will even understand like the idea of a ball mouse. Like, isn't it laughable? Like, there's this there's this little plastic you know ball, and you're kind of you literally analog moving it around this pad. Like, it was analog. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. It's so weird. Like, even I don't really know how the mouse picked that up. <laughs> mm-hmm. You had to bounce it to keep it clean. Hell yeah, therapy. It build up quick. Oof. What a what a time! What a world! What a world! Yep, X Commander. That that's definitely true. I think the um, a lot of the wonders lost because of people just min maxing, and they have all these tools available to quickly search up what the next quest is. You know, mm-hmm. and, and very often a lot of those like tools and stuff built into the game as well. Again, some of my fondest experiences in MMORPG. I mean, I, I played tons of Vanilla WoW too, but like EverQuest before WoW even came out. Just, just exploring the world of EverQuest without a map. I mean, the game didn't have a built-in map. So you had to actually, like, it was it was so easy to get lost. Like, we'd actually get lost in, like, the cities. I mean, the cities weren't that big. Maybe we're just kind of, like, 
12 years old and retarded. But like, we would get lost in the city. We would actually ask people, like, how do I leave? Like, help, please. Like, 12-year-old Remo was like, please, show me how to leave town, you know? So, like, it would, it would take a while to, like, even find a way out of the city, knowing the, the terrain, exploring the world. I remember, like, in order to connect between, like, I remember I, I was playing, uh, like, a, a barbarian. Uh, and I had to get back to, like, my home city of Halas, which is, like, in this, this frigid northland, right? And I was in a place called Quenos, where, and I was in a dungeon. I went, so the guys, wait, you, you go through this dungeon, and then once you leave the dungeon, through this exit, you're in this snowy area. And in order to find the city of Halas in this Iceland, you had to f- hug the right wall and follow it nonstop until you get to this one stop, one spot. Then you, then you start following the left wall. And I was doing that, and then you get lost, and you run into, like, a woolly mammoth that would one-shot you if you went the wrong way. But, like, just trying to find your way back to the city was, like, this. it, it truly felt like a journey. You couldn't just click Emmett and know where to go. And it was actually very stressful. It was a stressful journey trying to find how to get there. And every like 12 levels, you have to make that trek because you get like new quests, new new, uh, new spells. You can only buy those spells in your hometown for your class. So it, it was amazing. That's something I don't think I missed. The whole concept of the class trainer. Okay, Every game did this, including WoW and yeah. Dark. Like, come on. Like, every two levels, I got to go back and t- right-click this NPC and give him like eight gold or whatever it was. And then he just teaches me my spells. Like... You just put those people in all the big areas. You shouldn't have to go back to the capital for that. But the journey, it created that journey. And I do think that was a very magical experience. Because if you took a wrong turn, like you would get lost. Being lost was an actual feeling of dread. Being okay. lost in the frigid north, in this snowy place, the frigid, it was easy to get lost. The freaking frigid. <laughs> yeah, people are probably saying, oh, you're retarded for getting lost in the RPG. But like, no, I'm telling you, there was no map. There was You click M, there's nothing. Nothing comes up. Listen, there's no mini-map. There's no radar. There's nothing. We can't just, we can't just look back at nostalgia, okay? I agree that exploration is important, but the game should give you a reason to want to go back. It shouldn't force you to go back with the class trainer system. Well, technically, you could. The only reason I went, you went, I went back, was to buy the spells. Every few levels, you get new spells, right? But you could yeah. pre-buy those spells beforehand. Yeah, you, you could just you could train them whenever, wherever you want. So you didn't have to go back. I'm not. Sure, yeah, I think you're right about EverQuest, but a lot of games you couldn't do that. You had to literally mm-hmm. go that level, and then you know, otherwise you couldn't buy it. Uh, I mean, while while wow, wow, had skill trainers too, yeah. but trainers, but. They were basically in every major city, if I remember correctly. And it was never, like, a problem to get there. I don't know. <laughs> I, I am glad that we got rid of class trainers, boys. I am not looking forward to that in a while. So, I mean, I, I'm curious as to how the vanilla WoW experience will hold up. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to playing it. I'm looking forward to trying it. And I, I, I'm a bit spoiled by a lot of, you know, current MRPGs, how fast they level you, how you know easy things have become. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, that, we've, we've had friends that play a lot of classic WoW, and they still love it. So if, I feel if they like it, we might like it, too. I just want to play for at least the first month because I think the first month will be an experience. Yeah. Every zone is going to have people screaming the old memes like in chat, like, in, you know, general Hell chat. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Leveling together as waves in these zones. Like, everyone's mm-hmm. going to have these nostalgia trips and, and be, you know, be just funny about it. But I think in like six months, it's not going to be the same. Like, if you're leveling in six months, you're going to be killing the board by yourself, you know? That's, that's boring. I, I but, still think, though, the vanilla server will be the single most popular server in World of Warcraft. Yeah, I mean, yeah. not not well, obviously will not come close to beating all the other servers combined. But I think it'll be the most popular if there's one server. We'll see how many servers there are. But I'm I'm hoping it'll do well. Looking forward to that Baron shed exactly. I think it's gonna do really well. I mean, we people like classic game. We've seen so many progression servers happen. Even Anarchy Online launched a new ser- progression server now. Like every game is launching a progression server. People like the old experience. Yeah. I, one thing I don't... Okay, here's another thing. So we can't just harp on nostalgia. I like the server technology better today. Of and course. I, I wish they don't artificially restrict the total number of capped players. Mm-hmm. You know, because back when... You know, in 2004, when a server was full in WoW, you couldn't get in. You had to wait until 
other people logged out, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the cap was I think something like five thousand, right? I hope they mm-hmm. don't. I hope they make it larger than that because the technology today does allow a larger cap than that. So imagine FF14 one point of person server went, and I think uh, I don't think it, the thing about Final Fantasy 14 that I would look forward to in any kind of like progression server would be just doing the old content again and when it's relevant. But I feel like you can you can do that without having a progression server. But then again, if that was the only option available, it'd still be kind of cool to see like that content being progged live with everyone else too. But I know um like for Neverwinter launched an update this last week, which actually they they brought back a lot of their old content from uh, and made it more relevant by scaling it up. I know how you hate scaled up content, Altai. Yes. But like a lot of the old content in Neverwinter now you can play and challenge with no matter what level you are with a group of players and you get a reward for doing it and it makes old content relevant again and i think games like final Fantasy 14 and world of warcraft even on, on their live servers today have so much content that it, it feels like a waste that like all that content feels like a walk in the park now you can just literally one shot it all if, if, if both world of warcraft and final Fantasy 14 could just tweak up their reward system and encourage players to do the content synced on level that would be amazing i think i mean it, it would keep players in the game a lot longer there's content i would love to do in final Fantasy 14 that, I, that nobody's doing now if it was like, if you got a reward for it, like I'd be playing Final Fantasy 14 right now. If I could just do old content, and where people can get a good reward for doing it synced. It's just, it's just, it's just so, especially in World of Warcraft. There's so much, so many raids in that game, an unbelievable number of raids in that game. There would be like, you know, if the rewards were decent, people would do it. But there is no reward for going back and doing it now. Well, there is a reward, but it's stupid. I remember there's um like a weekly random event in WoW now, and you get a really good piece of gear for doing this. So you got to do it. And it includes doing old dungeons, which you can just queue into, right? So, you, you know, yeah. you don't ever have to go there. You don't... But it, it's that easy. You go in and you just one-shot everything. Nobody dies. Um, they do scale it a little, but it's so underscaled still that it's so easy. Like, nobody, you know, has a hard time. Yeah. It, it's underscaled. That's a problem, too. Yeah, if you yeah, can yeah. do it synced to scale, I think you, there'd, there'd be so much stuff for players to explore. I mean, in both games. It is it is really... It, it's almost like a wasted opportunity with how much stuff there is in both games. That people... There's no encouragement to do it. I will say one thing though, just just uh, through that feature where you queue for old. Dun- so does, is this a case for Final Fantasy 14 as well? So I queue into the old dungeons and wow, right? And mm-hmm. one thing I noticed is how bland the designs were compared to today. One thing this current expansion did for WoW, you know, Battle for Azeroth, all mm-hmm. there's, there's ten five man dungeons, right? Mm-hmm. They're all, they're all pretty well done, I gotta say. And a lot of the mm-hmm. old ones are very much more mixed. Like there's some really good ones, but a lot of them just look like just garbage. Look like ass. Yeah, yeah. I think th- I think that's a fair point. I mean, the dungeon designs have generally gotten better yes, over time. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think they have. Yeah, for sure. Is that, is that true in Final Fantasy as well? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think some of them are. I mean, you always dread getting the low level dungeons because they were actually always the worst hmm. because they were older content as well. Everyone hates playing Copperbell Mines or any of the, any of the like sub level twenty dungeons were pretty terrible. All right, well, we were on a nostalgia trip, so I want to cover one more thing before we move on from it, before I forget. Mm-hmm. So there are some things that we cannot play uh, 10, 20 years after they get released because they shut Which down. So Private service, yo, come on. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking here about uh, Adobe Shock- Shockwave, Macromedia Ooh. Shockwave. It's actually shutting down on April 9th. So you will not get to play uh, a lot of old games and other websites require these plugins. So they're not going to work. Can't play those old Newgrounds games still? Come on. Flash is shutting down in 2020. Oof. 2020. So you have one more year to play Flash, uh, and then you're done. Oof. So all those shitty old Newgrounds games. Hold on. Can I still play Bubble Trouble? That's key. Bubble Trouble was was my like early high school Flash game, meme game of choice. All right, boys? 
a lot oh, no, of them Neopets. a lot of them are switching to html5 and i suspect well shockwave first of all was never as big as flash right mm-hmm. so i think shockwave closing in a month is not a big deal but i think a lot of games are going to become unplayable or lost time once flash gets shut down next year you, you don't think there's going to be like like an all-in-one like converter or even forget even if it shuts down you mean it's it's not gonna be updated anymore right no, I think it's gonna be just gonna remove it. Like, you know, you're not gonna be able to download it. Well, there will be like a site like Newgrounds or MiniClip, whatever. It can just literally self-host Flash and just can they without, their, without Adobe's permission? I don't think they can. I think it's uh, against the license. I think I think I think that they'll do it anyway, or some other company, some other random Russian website will do it. and They'll use it from there, or they'll create like some kind of like sandbox on the websites where it's kind of like legacy held in. Or I mean, or they could just I mean, there could be a Chrome update where you just it won't accept it. So you have to sure. also get like an old version of like you know Firefox. Uh, but, but again, Chrome lets you run. I mean, it, it gives you a warning when you open like yeah, but, but Flash content. They might get rid of that. But also, you don't think there's be like a maybe like a emulator built in HTML5 or like some like there'll be an emulator built in where it just literally emulates Flash. Well, again, I don't know, but we'll mm-hmm. see in a year uh, what happens with uh, Flash. Yeah, I, but, I mean, it, we we probably all grew up playing Flash games like yes. on these websites. It is definitely an end of an era. The see like the technology that that built all those Flash games to, to then shut down. Yeah, I suspect a lot of things will be lost, though. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be sad. All right, that was well, my nostalgia thing. It's all right. Time we'll have plenty of mobile games to take its place. All right, boys. That's true. Okay, I wanted to share an interesting, um, an interesting article. I read about um, I, I don't, I'm pretty sure we didn't show this before, but uh, it's about Chinese gamers versus U.S. gamers. One of the more recent postings. This website oh, really yeah, gets updated, was, but when they do get fun. updated. Quantic Foundry shows you a lot of fun data sets. So I thought this was really interesting because it shows um, the difference between male and female gamers in America compared to male and female gamers in China. So if you scroll out that first image, you can see... Uh, uh, look at that, look, let's look at that first image right there for motivation, right? Between Chinese players and US users. So full, you can show that on stream. I thought it was pretty cool too. So the gray line over there is going to be what's, what's motivating Chinese gamers. And the orange line is what motivates American gamers. And... Whatever is close to the middle is 50%. So American gamers are pretty much motivated very similar between almost all these facets. Not a big difference. But if you look at the how varied Chinese motivations are, I think you can, you can see a bigger stark difference though when you look at um, male and female gamers. If you scroll down to motivation, the, the next chart I think is more, more interesting. It shows the motivation of male, male players and oh, female wow. players. And the, the much bigger differences here. So the female players are the orange lines. And male players are the gray line. So you can see very clearly female gamers on general value design and fantasy a lot more than their male counterparts. And story as well, as well as discovery. These four things men don't care as much about. But if you look at stuff like how much women don't care about challenge, look at that. It's unbelievable. Girl gamers in general aren't interested in that challenge. I mean, this is obviously generalizing, but look at competition. Competition and challenge and uh, like destruction, power, and strength. These these are not appealing versus what appeals to men. I thought it was a pretty interesting. Look at it. It's and interesting. It's, some so some of this. So what is the most male thing here? Let's see. Destruction. Uh, what does that mean? Like just like I'm not sure what destruction. Blowing is. up buildings, I guess, or blowing shit up. Maybe. So if you look at the next chart, though, it shows uh, motivation of the male and female players in, in China. Okay. Oh, they're much more correlated. It seems. Yes. Yeah. So. If, Female gamers in China are actually much more competitive. Than, uh, they're, they're, so if you look at the uh, so Chinese, like Chinese girl gamers are real gamers. Western girl gamers are fakers. All right. I've no, got it. the word the word you're looking for is the they're e girls. All right. <laughs> the, the, the the Western 
game, female gamers are all e-girls. Whereas the Ch Chinese ones are actually very just as much into challenge and competition basically as anyone else, which is pretty crazy. Like, they're very similar. And also what's cool is you can see um, in general, like this is going to feed your fuel that Chinese people don't understand games. In general, male and females together don't care about design. All right, so Chinese gamers just don't care about design, whereas men do. There America, you go. And American men do. So it shows you what each culture kind of values in their gaming, and but between both their genders, it, it is pretty remarkable. You can say that China is way more progressive, at least with you know uh, girls playing video games online. They they share many of the same values. So I think one of the reasons a lot of there's there's some conflict between I guess uh, a lot of people just being toxic towards girls in in the West. Is because the values are so different. In, obviously, not not for everyone, but you know, there was another chart from Quantic Friday that showed like female gamers in America prefer playing games like match three games. You know, not like quote unquote real yeah, games. I hate that stat where like fifty percent of gamers are actually women now, but when they count garbage like uh, Candy Crush, like that that doesn't you know like that's totally mm -hmm. destroying the stats for any meaning. And once you even find that chart again, I thought it was pretty interesting. We can find uh, the games they're interested in. On that note, I have an interesting uh, Reddit post here. That uh, so we all, uh, as we all know, Chinese people are all cheaters uh, mm -hmm. in games and in real life, like school and stuff. Of course. And it's an interesting Reddit thread here. I'll yeah, I'll link it here. Basically, this is a Chinese guy explaining where this mentality for just cheating all the time comes from. And uh, one of them is their culture values uh, winning success over the process. So this applies not just to gaming, but for example, in schools, they'll cheat. They'll cheat at their university entrance exam. They'll cheat in high school. They'll cheat in college. You know, it's not like a, a big deal there because the point is to get the stamp. You know, you, you passed. You know, that's what they're after. The process of learning to get the stamp is like not part of the calculation. Just getting the stamp is a calculation. Mm -hmm. And so it applies to games. If if the goal of PUBG is to win, right? Chicken dinner, winner, winner, chicken dinner. How you get there, right? skill headshots cheating and not cheating it doesn't matter you know it, it, it doesn't it's not a big deal what, whatever gets you the chicken dinner you you know it, it gets you the chicken dinner so what's interesting is i mean th th this kind of goes back to a previous article we linked i linked it again by uh quartz chinese students and their parents fight for the right to cheat and this just shows how crazy ingrained this is there was a protest it looks like uh, 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 there was basically two thousand parents protesting when the the, the school basically ban cheating and enforce their anti-cheating policies because people were smashing cars and yelling outside and rioting because you know people weren't allowed to cheat essentially and if you scroll there's one quote in here which is absolutely ridiculous and if you, if you search control f we want there's a quote basically oh, saying we want we want fairness there is no fairness if you do not let us cheat they chanted these were <laughs> two thousand angry parents outside of a school saying we want fairness and there is no fairness if you don't let us cheat and they're complaining that basically they're in rural, they're, they're in like a, maybe a tier three city in China and they can't compete with those tier one kids in, in Beijing. So they need to cheat to get there. So they want fairness. The cheating allows them to get fair. Or they're saying everyone else is cheating too and we want to cheat too. So it, it's remarkable that, you know, it can get this ridiculous where it's not fair unless we cheat. You know, this is so like counterintuitive. But it, so there was 2,000 people protesting this. Here's the thing though. It's so obvious to you and me and right that this is stupid and we, we are correct. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Like, Maybe they're right. You know, can you can you at least handle their perspective? And as you famously know, I, I support hackers and cheaters, right, in games. Mm -hmm. Because it's part of the game. You know, if, if it's part of the game, what's the big deal? So maybe they're right. Maybe they're just cutting through the bullshit. There you go. They are see they are not moral absolutists. They, see, the Chinese mind understands that there is no right or wrong. There's only, you know, pass or fail. 
mm-hmm. whoever you're dealing with. If you're dealing with a teacher, you got to pass the test. If you're dealing with your boss, you got to get the promotion. You know how mm-hmm. you get there, who you got to stab, who you don't have to stab, cheat, not cheat. It's not part of the equation. Like, it's just get get the score. You know, get the stamp. Yeah, I, I I can understand that perspective. You know, if you if they're going for the result, they don't care how they get there. But yeah. it does seem really weird that like, like it kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't? It? Like, who can like who can Why? have fun cheating that much? Well, first of all, so that's the thing. So you think games are intrinsically fun, right? Like, so the pixels flashing in front of me in in a certain yeah. order that makes PUBG is just yeah. inherently fun, objectively, like in the universe. It's well, fun. no, the, yeah, struggling and the the process you achieve. Through your, you're winning through your own struggle is a rewarding experience. I mean, for you, that's a subjective experience. If for, sure. what, what if just winning is the, is a good experience for them? A but lot of people just want to win, right? Sure, sure. But but if <laughs> if you if you, if you win through cheating, after yes. let's say you win like ten times through cheating, you don't think that diminishes the the feeling like that you won because of that. I mean, and to, you, to you and me, because we grew up in this culture, it does. Yes, but if you grew up in a culture that every time you win, you get a high five, right? They don't look at how you did it. So you're playing PUBG, you, you hack, boom, boom, 10, 100, 100 headshots, five seconds. High five. You, but round two. You, you, Same but, thing. But, but again, I feel like a lot of people want to get good at games because it gives like some social reward for being good a at A lot them, of right? Westerners do, right, because, because you have been conditioned that way. But what if, you, what if, what if you get social reward and prestige and, and, and you know, blowjobs by just winning, regardless of how you get there? Then, then you would you would choose to just win, right? I don't buy that. I think even in what? China, though, that, that's not true, though. I, even in China, they're going to look. If you, I, I don't think they look. I think cheating is much more rampant there. But I don't think it's like the majority of players. I think most players in China who are playing any of these games aren't cheating. But like, let's maybe in America, the, the, the percent of people that are cheating, like, I think they are. Percent, I think five percent or less. Maybe no. in China, it's like twenty percent. No, I think it's like over fifty. So you think over fifty percent of players in Chinese games are just are just literally cheating all the time? Yeah. Yes. But they don't see it as cheating. They see it as I'm winning. I'm trying to win. Of course, I, I agree. They don't see they don't see it as anything wrong. Yes. Okay, but I, I, I mean, we gotta look at some some Chinese cheat statistics because I don't think everyone Wait, feels hold, hold. that way. That's I, I, that's just, just PUBG. I think half the people in school exams are cheating in China. Th- that could be true. That could be true. But, but I think that I think so if that's willing, more. If that's more likely. Cheat, if they're willing to cheat on something that like is actually in the real world that they can if they if they do imagine to get caught somehow they can actually pay a real price. It's no ha- real price. If they're willing to cheat in that, you tell me they're all cheating in PUBG, hundred no, percent. I think they're more likely to be cheating on school exams than they are what? in PUBG. I think it's like the opposite. Even they, even they, because they realize the result of cheating in a school exam has all these social benefits, right, and like monetary benefits, right. But cheating in PUBG or any any they game, they get ranked, they get the it, score. It hurts, it hurts your experience. You, well, no, it doesn't it's not hurt. As fun <laughs> to you, it's not as fun. To him, it is. He said, "Look, I, I have hundred wins and Look. no losses. That's amazing." Okay, and, you, and, they, they, and his friend, goes, "Wow, that's amazing, Chad. Let me suck your dick." That's. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is that what Stacy says? That's what Stacy. S T S T A space C I Stacy. Okay, that's a Chinese Stacy. Okay, okay. I, I think I, we got we, we all stuff. I, I think obviously there are still more, way more cheaters there, but I don't think the numbers are even close to what you're saying. Well, I think it is. It makes no sense. I mean, what is cheating? That, that would defy logic. What, what about this? What, imagine you're like okay, an American. Okay, you're, you go to school, right? You, there's a test coming up. You study eight hours a day. Yeah. Okay. And your your parents are paying your bills, so you can just study. Now, imagine a kid who's poor. He has to work eight hours a day, sleep eight hours a day, go to class six hours a day, and he only, he only has two hours to study. But you study yeah. for eight hours. Isn't that cheating? Uh, I, I, I don't think anyone could say that cheating. Well, uh, why not? I have an advantage, right? And then so an advantage would be cheating. So what if I write the answers on my palm and I go to class with that? It's, I I got an advantage, don't I? <laughs> just we even the odds. You sure you you can justify it to yourself? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just uh, cultural relativeness here. 
Sure, but I, I would love to see what you know. What percent of actual Chinese gamers are, are cheaters? I mean, They're all cheaters. The right now, the, the Chinese, right now, the search, cheaters. It's very hard to look up the stat right now because you, I keep finding this stat about PUBG saying 99% of their cheaters were from China. <laughs> Which again, the majority of players were not cheaters though. I, I can't find these stats right now though, but for sure, it, it's a big problem there. I mean, don't like cheat makers in China get like arrested? Like, does the government actually like put these people in prison? I mean, maybe. Also, here's a great article I read. It's about the Chinese legal system. If you mm-hmm. if someone gets arrested, it's not third parties. Like, let's say we're just sitting and having coffee, and someone gets arrested across the street for theft, right? Mm-hmm. Our our mentality is not look a thief got caught. It's oh, how unlucky of that guy. He got arrested. How unlucky! Like <laughs> it's as if like lightning struck him. You know, <laughs> like it's like the, this concept of doing something wrong and getting arrested for it is not there. It's if you get arrested while doing something, you just got unlucky because the next guy who stole didn't get caught. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. So <laughs> okay, I'm I'm, I'm trying to find some, I'm, I'm going to try to look for some more data for this for next week. It'd be a fun thing to look at. Percent of Chinese who cheat. I did want to show up this this other chart from Quantic Foundry because you you mentioned you hate this stat about like. Uh, 50% of gamers are girls, guys, you know, so gamers are between 50% guys and girls. It's the same. I, I want to preface one thing before I get banned for racism. This is not a racism thing. If you're if you're born and raised in America or England or, or Germany, right, and you're Chinese or Korean or whatever, you're going to match the culture the culture you absorbed, right? So this mm-hmm. is, I'm, I'm referring to Chinese who grew up in the Chinese system, not ethnic. Like the genes I'm sure the guys who decided to ban you now are not going to you know accept that as well, your, you know, you're, you're out. But All right, well, there it is. You're trying yeah. to cover your bases. All right. This percentage of gamers in each genre that are female. So look, 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 look what games are dominated by female gamers in the West. Match three, of course. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Of course. Look, the, people like always meme about like, oh, there's no like esports players in like, there's no female like esports players in league or anything or like you know CS:GO and stuff. Yeah, you know why? They're all playing match three games. You want the the world's best match three players are probably probably girls. All right. <laughs> or, or family farm sim games, all right? There should be um, we should we should you know what we should do? We should sponsor a Candy Crush tournament. as a joke. The MMOs.com International Candy Crush Royale. What do you think, Omar? <laughs> I like it. Hundred dollars. That's the prize pool. That's eh. We get a bigger prize pool than that. All right. Match three affiliation is games like Candy Crush or Bejeweled. Yeah, where well, you literally match three <laughs> of an object. Yeah. So look at the tactical shooter, which is Counter Strike, and a lot of shooting games. There's only four percent of players in those games are female. Mobiles are a little higher at ten percent, and you have like um, MMOs, high fantasy. So games like World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XIV actually have a very high female player base. I mean, I, I know Final Fantasy XIV released their data on what percent of their gamers are are, are, are females, but even World of Warcraft is, is a lot as well. So probably like of of the mainstream of the games, I mean, of our of our of our audience is actually you know, a decent chunk female. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I'm I am not surprised that a grand strategy is only seven percent. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually Definitely not. I'm surprised. I'm surprised yeah, I'm surprised it's that high. Seven percent. Sports is two percent though. Oof. Oof. Those Madden games. No girl plays those games. That is funny to think that if you see somebody playing FIFA and you can't see the person, just the game, you it's a ninety-eight percent chance it's a man. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's like. That's 50 to 1 odds. You should always bet there's going to be a guy playing, right? Pretty crazy. So this kind of this conversation slightly is related to the other link I just gave you all time, which I saw this a few weeks ago, and I didn't post it here until now, but I thought it was pretty funny. So this guy goes with the thing I said, there's no female League of Legends player. So in the in a League of Legends tournament, oh, yeah. this team, called, they play, team Rocks played against an all-female roster, and just to meme them, they literally, in the banning phase, they ban five support players. 
So because obviously the meme is that girls only play support in League of Legends. So they ban five support characters. Now normally you would never do that. You would ban like you know characters people would play, and they ban all five supports. And I I actually ended up watching this game out of curiosity because I wanted to see like oh, you know maybe maybe this this team will do well. And actually I haven't watched League in a long time, professional League, and this was one of the most one sided games I've ever seen. Like it, it felt like a complete pub stomp. Like honestly, any of those players, the game was over in like fifteen minutes, and. At no point was any lane getting anything. And every lane was so unbelievably ahead. So it was a complete, complete stomp. So is this an official uh, Riot event or is it like a private tournament? No, I think so. This, this is LCL. So that's the European League. And it looks like uh, somebody mentioned that that team is 0 for 8 right now. Yeah, I, if it's an official event, um, I, I don't know. And it's an all-girls team specifically. Like, mm -hmm. It's kind of weird that... <laughs> You know, you know how Worlds has um, X number of teams from China, X number of teams from America, X team from Korea, right? Mm -hmm. They should they should add a third or, or they should add a new region, just called the female region. <laughs> so <laughs> the best females from the world, you know, come together for that. You know. They guarantee yeah, a slot at the you know at the Worlds. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm looking at it. They, they didn't win a single game yet. They've lost every single game they've played in. But you know. I don't think making. I mean, so do you think they should make a female league for for these for these games for these events? But there's no inherent advantage though with being being a guy the way there is for like you know real sports. I, I mean, we don't know that yet. I mean, we don't. The brain chemistry is different between men and women, so I think it's premature to say there's no advantage for uh, men. If I was a betting mm -hmm. man, I would say there is a physical difference between men and women's ability to perform in these games. In in League of Legends, yes. Why? Because the, the way the neurons are wired. I mean, look. I think I think you'd be an argument that um, there is a lot of them don't play the game for the same reason. They don't play for competition. No, no, no. that's all culture. Forget that. Just literally, the brain, the neurons don't fire in an efficient way. Like, okay, imagine I want to click. So a your button. brains aren't firing in the right way for you to get last hits. Yes, yes, exactly. That. Imagine you and me click a button when we see a red okay. dot. Okay. Okay. So my eye neuron goes back and forth eight it bounces eight times to get to the click yours only bounces six times let's say your latency is lower my uh i don't know about this altai i, I mean it could be i don't know but you don't think a better explanation is that 90 percent of the audience that plays league of legends are dudes and only 10 percent are women which is what the chart we looked at before i'm just showed. saying we can't rule out an actual physical difference that accounts for this but i hold on but wouldn't that apply for like um for chess as well then yes Okay, but there's been so many studies on chess where they looked at the female players in chess versus male players, and the discrepancy in the highest ranked chess players is purely because there's just so few female chess players. Is it? And they actually are, yeah, they're, they're actually well represented in the in the distribution of Elo, which is how few of them there are in the in the world of chess. And that that was the big that, that's the reason why there are no like world famous like there are world famous female chess players, but there yeah, there, there are. are no like top you know there was never like world champion of chess was never female. Because girls just don't play chess. Maybe, I think that same logic applies for for this. Maybe this could be a test in the future for uh for tra a trans test. So if you're like a woman who's good at something like like league, maybe you are actually in the wrong butt. Maybe you're actually like a butt. You know. Well, I do think trans girls are just infinitely better at video games from from what I've seen. Actually, I mean, even that one um pro StarCraft two player. You know, I watched a I watched a Stanford lecture on YouTube yesterday. So YouTube is a great yeah. place to get. It's about uh, human sexuality, right? Okay. And one of the things was. So if you are a trans person, like I say, you're a man who, who, who thinks they're, you know, who want, you know, who wants to be a woman, right? And they cut your penis off. You will not have phantom penis syndrome. But if you're a man who loses his gonads to like cancer, you will have something called phantom penis syndrome. Say, say it again. Okay. So imagine I, I get cancer. 
Okay. Okay, you get cancer. I get, I get pee-pee cancer. They got to cut my penis okay. off. Okay. Okay, sometimes when I'm sleeping, I'll feel like my penis is still there. It'll hurt, even though it's okay. not there, right? Okay. That means I'm actually a man that feels like okay. a man. But if, let's say I'm, a, I'm trans. I want to be a woman, right? Okay. I feel like I'm a woman trapped in a guy's body. If I, get my, if I go have surgery and cut my penis off, I will not have phantom penis syndrome. That's actually really interesting. Yeah, because the neurons are wired in a way uh, that... Also, th- again, there's a very basis in biology for people, you know, having that, you know, that, that desire. You know, yes, yeah, so there's a biological, like, well, there's a physical yeah. uh, thing going on. With trans yeah. people, yeah. So I guess the only way to find out is you got to chop their pee pee off to to really test, put them to the test, huh? That's right. You got it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how I got here. Right. <laughs> but I will say this. It, so some people are contesting you, right, and saying they didn't ban these five support just to meme that they were actually uh, main support players. They were all, the girls were all main support players. I, I will say this though: if it's an official event and they did do, yeah. they did this ban just to just to troll them, that's kind of unprofessional. I think because if they're getting paid by Riot, right? Mm-hmm. They're on Riot's payroll. This is an official Riot event. This is an, another team that's on Riot's payroll, and they did this, and it, just a meme. I think that's kind of rude. I wouldn't do that if I was them. I wouldn't recommend mm-hmm. that. I'm actually looking at like some of these players. I mean, I, 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 whatever. I, I, if you're allowed to ban whatever you want, you don't have to ban fully optimal. So, no, nah, I know, but like, would okay, imagine like, imagine the Korean team is playing the Turkish team. The Turkish team sucks, right? Mm-hmm. At Worlds. If the Korean team just memes for like 20 minutes, it's kind of insulting, right? I, I bet Koreans wouldn't do that too because they have some like honor, some Asian honor going on. I'm actually looking at these uh, some of these players. So you can see their um, you can see their rankings. And like, this, this is so like, they were obviously going to get ruled because like, how do these, how does this even qualify? It just seems like they, I, I'm not sure if this was like a collegiate league or some other league where like it's an amateur league. But some of these players were like platinum last season. And some of the gold, if you go back a couple of seasons. So and, and 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 currently some of them are diamond four, like come on, like if if you're not at least like masters of diamond one, what are you doing, trying to like compete against like the world in, in League of Legends? Like diamond one is like even at diamond one, you're, you're not good enough to be pro. You should be like masters or grandmasters, you have a chance. But some of these players were platinum last season. Come on, platinum. I don't know. It's weird. Affirmative action. <laughs> Affirmative action world. is ruining League of Legends, boys. You heard it here first. All right, what else we got? Oh, Critica. Critica shutting down. Yeah, rest of pepperoni. No surprise there. The player base was dipping for a while. Yeah. There's just too many of these. Um, these What are these? Like stage-based? Uh... Instance Dungeon, Persistent Hub yeah, games. Yeah. There's this, 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 this formula has been around. There's just too many games like this. Just play mm-hmm. Closers. Uh, closers getting update recently. Or Soul Worker. Similar kind of games. Probably Closers is a bit more close to Critica. But uh, Soul Worker is more popular, so... The fact that Soulworks is more popular, play that. But there's so many games like this, and this game is is, is done so. Unfortunately, though, they did say you know if you want to keep playing the game, we'll give you a, a welcome pack on the Korean version. Very okay. rarely those like they they accept like you know American players in the Korean version, but you can play on the Korean version for Critica. So I, I guess it's still going in Korea. That means obviously, so that's interesting. It's doing well there, just not uh, internationally. Wait, I don't know how well it's doing, but yeah, it's still alive there, and they're going to be welcoming the. The NA and EU players. That's good. And more importantly, I mean, Path of Exile launched their synthesis expansion. Are you, are you, are you any hype to play that? I no. You know what? I don't want to burn out until the big expansion coming out at the end of the month. So what they do is they do three expansions through the year, and then at the end mm-hmm. of the year they do a big one. I'll wait for mm-hmm. the big one. All right, fair. It's I mean, this game's player base dropped quite a bit with it too. Like over hundred thousand again on Steam just from this. Great trailer again, by the way. If you, I don't know if you watched it, but um, they they always have good trailers. Um, yeah. The, 
Yeah, the game, the game is doing well. They actually, they in, with the announcement, they actually said they reached their all-time high concurrent players after the last expansion. So I suspect with Synthesis, or at least the end of the year one, they're going to hit another all-time high. So Path of Exile is at an all-time high in popularity right now because of you know every expansion. Everyone comes back to these games with every expansion. It's one of those games where you can just kind of like put down and not play for months. When a new expansion comes out, so many players come rushing back to play it. Yeah, I mean, I love Path of Exile system. So again, like they have a few patches or expansions through the year. And then for the end of the year, they take the best features that they came up with that year, and they just you know make it part of the game in the final expansion. Um, so a lot, but a lot of the th the things that don't catch on, like whatever you know, I don't know this in synthesis, I don't know what the deal is. But if it doesn't catch on, they just drop that idea, which is that's cool. smart. Yeah, they're very flexible with it. Mm -hmm. Wait, uh, the game is doing well. But I, I think I don't think they actually hit their target for their PS4 launch. I think they were supposed to come out. At the same ago. time, is this yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm it's coming sure out. This PS4 was supposed to launch with uh, Synthesis, which didn't happen. I guess a lot of players are upset about it. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Why it's been out for Xbox for like over a year, I think. Yeah, I, and they yeah. they launched the Xbox and the PS and the, and the PC updates at the same time, so good for them. You know, Path of Exile is on point with that as well. So yeah, I, I, I don't know what's I don't know what the holdup is with PS4. I mean, the the hardware is pretty much the same, right, between PS4 and I Xbox. I mean, uh, who knows? Mm hmm. Yeah. Anything else, Altai? Uh, Project V. Did we talk about that? Oh yeah, Pro uh, Probus making a new game. But yeah, we, we know literally yeah. nothing about. There's, it. There's, what is that one picture of it? There Let's you see. go. Look at that. Show that picture, boys. Let me see. Take Where a look. Oh yeah. Okay. Let me Google it. It's in our, it's in our new section too. I think I put, I put the picture there. But um, uh, it's some family-friendly and more PG being developed by Probus. Oh, here it is. That's so right. it's should I? Oof. I can't find this picture, there. boys. The search, uh, the search on um, mmos.com. Scroll down in our new section, you'll find it. But uh, the, base, the new new game, we know nothing about it. It should be called Project V. It'll be family friendly, and uh, that's all we got going for it right now, boys. The no release date, nothing. Getting a bit of a Digimon vibe there. It looks very colorful and pretty. I was surprised to hear they're making a new engine for this, right? They said that. Something like that. Yeah. Which is pretty... weird. I thought their engine was pretty good for BDO. So I, I mean, they, they just like making engines, I guess. I mean, they're good at making it. Just they made yeah. the last one on a budget, apparently. Mm -hmm. It does look like Splatoon, though, for sure. Uh, seeing it. I'm definitely getting Splatoon vibes there, too. I, I hope it's something um, with... So, I think it's aiming for a social vibe more than hardcore, yeah. uh, which is good. I think it's a smart idea, especially for, you know... I think the market size can be a lot bigger for this than uh, BDO. <laughs> I do mention Pearl Abyss, Family Friendly, and BDO titties are so rampant. Actually, about them BDO titties, I actually looked at the Black Desert Online and nude mods. And that game's got some pretty impressive nude mods. If you haven't seen it, boys, hit up that Google and look it up. That game's got, ooh, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive mods. Okay, there's one game that's also got announced, um, revealed, I should say, it was announced earlier, that I am not interested in at all, but I bet you will make billions of dollars. What game? Harry Potter Wizards Unite. So this is another non-game by the guys who made Pokemon Go, Niantic. Um, it's got a very fancy website and I don't think there's going to be any gameplay it's going to be basically like you you know you throw your wand or whatever uh, to, catch Harry, to, to, you catch, to, <laughs> to catch Harry Potter to catch Harry Potter Hermione you throw your wand at her and she, because she joins your team King. wait is, is this just the Pokemon Go clone yes yes w w where's the battling though what happens when you get to the, the, the places uh, so on your phone I guess you see like a monster right or like a building right and you, mm -hmm. you, you touch it, and then you get items or something. 
Honestly, I've been very disappointed with the AR experience of Pokemon Go. Like, Pokemon Go could have been so much more. Like, if there was actually more Pokemon elements to it where you're, like, battling and stuff, it could have been so much cooler. I mean, I haven't played Pokemon Go since, like, I played, like, a few months after it released for a while. But it was an utter disappointment, the actual gameplay. All right, let's see this. Oh, Not looking forward to oh this. My God. But I'm sure it'll make a lot of money because it's got, it's got, um... I think it's going to make a billion bucks, baby. Easy. Ooh. Fancy. So, Event ahead. I feel like AR is another one of those things that's been oversold. So, do you guys remember when Pokemon Go came out? Oh, AR. AR is, AR is the future, right? I Even for the first month when everyone was playing Pokemon, I didn't know one person who kept the AR on. Every yeah, single person they, they I know... Turned, they just turned it off. Turned it off. Cause it, all it does is drain your battery. And it makes it harder to see the Pokemon because it could be behind you or whatever. But if you turn it off, always, you know, it's always in the middle. So, mm-hmm. I, 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 this AR stuff is... Uh, it's nonsense, in my opinion. It's been it's been vaporware lately, for sure. We, it, it, that, that's all it's been. It's been vaporware. Yeah. If I change the future right now, it's terrible. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to this at all. I, I, I don't know. The, I was not impressed with Pokemon Go, and it's it's gonna be the same thing. Uh, how, yeah. So that is fake AR. Something like Hololens will be huge. You know, look, I I once upon a time I shared your optimism, but now I am a jaded mm. old man. Uh, I think we're just being sold some garbage but we'll see hopefully i'm wrong mm-hmm. all right well with that sad note i think we're out of news and we got anything else right, let's get the post game there's one more thing i want to do let's show it over here actually and then we'll get to the post there's a, a cool nintendo article nintendo article on uh games Industry.biz where the nintendo actually asked their mobile partner oh, side yeah. games who made dragalia lost well that's the first game side games made for nintendo and they asked side games to actually hone down the monetization they wanted players not to spend a lot of money I mean, obviously, the game still has microtransactions, but and Dragalia lost more so than Super Mario Run or anything. But side games actually said, if we managed the game alone, we would have made a lot more money. Nintendo wow. is not interested in making a large amount of revenue from a single smartphone game. One cyber efficient reportedly said, if we manage the game, we make more money on our, you know, a lot more money. So Nintendo's actually, obviously, they're still, you know, you can still whale your way in Dragalia lost, but they've actually adjusted the number so it's not like crazy with how, you know, how greedy or how low the drop rates are and stuff. That is impressive, actually. You know, you got to give kudos to... And I, I read actually another article about Nintendo this week uh, talking about how the you know they pay their workers a lot. They have a lot of you know rights. So they don't just fire them willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. They don't overwork them. I think it was like 43 hours a week or something was the average work hours. So Nintendo is a, is a very good company. Like they're very... Uh, what, what's, what's the term here? Socially conscious? Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a term for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good for you, Nintendo. All right, to the post game. To the post game. 